Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 148 of Ignite Your Influence Podcast. We are here to learn how to be stronger players with the people around us so we can get the results we want at work, at home, and anywhere else we have to deal with humans. <laughs> so today, I'm, I'm got an interesting perspective for you, but I met somebody who is a master life and weight loss coach. And I realized, especially post-pandemic or <laughs> mid-pandemic as we are right now, a lot of us are struggling with our weight and it impacts your confidence. It impacts your ability to show up with your team, with the people around you in a, in a really confident way, thinking about the things that really matter, like our relationships, like our productivity, like the things that we're getting done. Instead, we're worried about the roles and the pants are too tight and all that stuff. So I brought in Jillian today to talk to us about her program and her approach to weight loss, which isn't a necessarily a specific food plan. Instead, it is a mindset shift, making you a stronger human, making you a happier human, and hopefully a healthier human as well. She tells us a great story about her bakery that she started in Bangladesh, so don't miss that. And at the end, she also talks about her own recent overeating experience and how she processed it, how she worked through it. Instead of shame and blame, she chose to be a detective and learn about it. So stay tuned for that towards the end of the episode and don't miss all the awesome links in the show notes so you can get in touch with Jillian or you can get in touch with me. Enjoy. All right, welcome to Ignite Your Influence podcast. Jillian Lama, so great to have you here today. Where are you sitting these days? Thank Where are you, you so much. Um, yeah. So we recently moved to Raleigh, North Carolina um, last December with a four-month-old or a four-week-old baby. Um, mm. so, you know, during COVID, changing jobs, buying a house for the first time, lots of fun stuff. But I absolutely love North Carolina. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's worth it. I always find I have to talk more slowly when I'm in North Carolina. They're <laughs> like, what's your rush, lady? And I'm like, ah. <laughs> I love North Carolina though. So beautiful. The weather's perfect. You get that middle, middle ground. So you still get the wet seasons, yes. but not like up here in Michigan. Right. Yeah. Mm. So we came from Arizona and it rained oh. four times in like all of 2020. <laughs> um, and, and that includes like the little sprinkling mist that you might find in the morning. Uh, so it was definitely a nice and welcome change to actually have rain. That was one of the things we missed or grass. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, all the green. All right. the green. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about it because you are a, you know, you're an expert in weight loss and self-confidence and belief in yourself. And, you know, I'm, I put those together because I think especially post pandemic, a lot of us are kind mm -hmm. of looking at the little extra flippity flappities that are happening in certain areas of our bodies. And mm -hmm. it does impact your self-confidence. It does impact your ability to show up with confidence and with kindness and yes. build influence with other people. Um, yes. So, you know, figuring out how do we win this war on food, as you said on your website, you know, how do we get out of that yo-yo thing and really make right. a lifestyle change? Um, so I'm excited to talk to you about this, but before we get into the weight loss thing, you talked about a bakery in Bangladesh as one of your first jobs. What is that about? Yes. So, yep. So 2008, I graduate college, get my degree in international relations and Russian. And I'm like, well, I don't want to work for the state department anymore. A little too PC for me. You know, let me go find something else I want to do. Economy kind of collapses in 2009, start working at the mall. You know, I work for Abercrombie. I become a personal trainer and I'm just thinking, what am I doing with my life? And so my parents, uh, my mom's in the foreign service, which is what kind of had turned me on to that originally. And so they were living in 
Dhaka, Bangladesh at the time, and it, they went out there in 2009. So in 2010, after kind of feeling like I needed to get my shit together, I was like, all right, let me go get, let me go get a big girl job and pay my loans off and, you know, feel like I could get it together. Got in country, maxed out my credit card to get there. Didn't really have a whole lot to leave behind. Um, you know, I didn't really have anything waiting for me back there. There was no boyfriend, no apartment, no car. Um, you mean back I, in the U.S.? Back in the U.S., yeah, because okay. I had been living with my grandfather. So I get, get into the country, and there's a hiring freeze at the embassy. So now the position that I had moved out there for is no longer available. And I'm like, all right, well... <laughs> You know, like, I felt like this is where I was supposed to be. This is where God wanted me. Like, I knew that that was it. I just didn't quite know why. Um, And so after a couple weeks of just baking for fun as a hobby, um, just kind of being bored and not knowing what to do with my time, (laughs) I decided my, my dad was actually trying to lose weight. And he was really frustrated that there were brownies and cookies all over the kitchen. And he was like, you know, you ought to get somebody to pay you for this. It's kind of <laughs> get like somebody this- to buy these and get them out of yeah. my face. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I could get people to pay me for this. Like, you know, and it was starting a bakery or like a cupcake shop or something like that had always been a dream of mine, but it was something that I thought like down the road when I'm in retirement, you know, mm-hmm. when I get older, like this isn't a realistic dream or something I could pursue now. Um, it's something that's going to have to happen later. And so there in DACA, I actually found the prime opportunity to start this cake and cupcake shop. So I ended up catering for a lot of birthdays, weddings, anniversary parties. Um, I catered for the UN, the World Bank, USAID, like different embassies um, there in DACA. And it was, I was known as the cake lady and it was super fun. Um, And I had a blast. And then I ended up meeting my husband there. He was a Marine security guard at the embassy. And so we met about a year, almost a year and a half after I had gotten in the country. Um, And I was kind of like, really, God, like I really had to spend that whole year here before he was like, okay, (laughs) you know, it's like, all right. But getting to pursue the bakery aspect, it was like, it was a dream that I never even fully realized was possible that Mm -hmm. I got to pursue. So it was, it was super fun. Um, But also, you know, I, I felt kind of guilty too of like, baking cakes and cupcakes and kind of like contributing to our, you know, obesity problem Mm. (laughs) and, you know, things like that. So, um, because health and fitness have always been like a passion of mine. So, so how did you transition from bakery in Bangladesh (laughs) to a master life and weight loss coach? Yes. So it was a progression. So I went from baking to like baking healthy treats. So I was going to do like low carb type, you know, brownies, muffins, cupcakes, that sort of thing, like more the the healthy version of desserts. Um, I was in North Carolina at that point, and I quickly realized that unless it was deep fried and like full of sugar and fat, like people didn't want it (laughs) if it was a dessert. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, let me go figure out what else to do with my life. And so kind of looked at, well, what was I good at in this business? Since I'm not pursuing the baking aspect of it, what could I pull out? Like what talents and gifts do I have? And so I got into more social media and um, kind of business related marketing and coaching. And then I ended up working with a lot of health coaches. But the funny thing was, I would have a lot of thoughts about like how they should be running their business or not, not just running their business, but what they should be teaching when it Mm -hmm. came to weight loss. And I would be like, no, you should not be teaching this deep, this like, you know, six week detox. Like this is terrible. Like there was just things that I could not really stand behind from my own like perspective and knowledge around 
weight loss, nutrition, mm. human performance, some of these different aspects. Um, and so then it kind of dawned on me again. And they're one of those light bulb moments where I was like, I should be a health coach. Like this is, this is more like my zone of genius and where I'll really thrive. And so it took several, you know, different stepping stones for me to actually end here. And even then I started as like, well, let me start as a health coach. And then let me, you know, then I'll get more into weight loss and kind of niche that way. And then it, from there, it further, you know, continued to niche. And I really focused around um, our thoughts and relationship to food mm-hmm. and cravings and urges and, and then the emotional eating, because that's so much of my own story and what I struggled with. Well, and totally. And when we talk about building influence with other people, having self-awareness and being able to show up in a confident way, oftentimes not only does the fact that we have 30 extra pounds over the last two years on our body, make us uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and our pants are too tight and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. but also the shame and the guilt of why did I eat all those cookies? Mm -hmm. Why did I eat that brownie last Mm -hmm. night? Why, you know, so it's not just Mm -hmm. the weight because, you know, being a little heavier isn't necessarily the most unhealthy thing, but when you, I mean, I'm not saying that it's, super healthy, but you know what I mean? Like I'm trying having a little, a few extras, not like the end of the world. If you're right. exercising, eating your veggies, all that, and add that guilt and shame. Right. And you've got a whole different concoction of icky, yucky stuff going on. Absolutely. And then it makes it really hard to show up um, right. and, and build, build, you know, influence with other people. So you say on your website, I help women lose weight, eating the foods they love. Uh, So talk to me about that. Cause I would love to eat the foods I love and get rid of this pandemic pounds. Right. I know (laughs) it. And it's like, it's a bold statement to be able to tell people that. And I, you know, even now there are clients of mine who still kind of wrestle with this. How do I, how do, can I really eat the foods that I love? Can I really lose the weight and eat this food? And so it really comes down to changing your relationship to food as a whole. And so, so often we've been taught that food is either good or bad or evil. And now we moralize food and then we moralize ourselves when we eat it. So mm. now if, well, if I'm going to be bad, quote bad, right. And I'm going to eat yes. the cakes, or I'm going to eat the pasta or I'm going to eat the chocolate. It's like, well, shoot, I'm already being bad. Like I might as well have the wine and like, let's throw on dessert and let's go to party. Like, let's go party. Like, girl, I'm already bad. I'm already off the train. I'm, I'm ditched my diet wagon. Like, right. Like screw this. And a lot of times it comes from punishment is often Mm. how we're trying to lose the weight. And so we punish Mm -hmm. ourselves by taking away food. We punish ourselves by how we try to exercise. And it's very a punitive relationship that we create with ourselves. And then with these, with these other things like food or fitness. And, and so really it's all about how do we change this relationship to these external things? And then, and ultimately changing our relationship with ourselves, because Mm. so often we get caught up thinking, well, once I have the body, then I'll feel confident. Well, Mm -hmm. then I'll be happy. Then I'll take the pictures. Then I'll go on the vacation. Then I'll wear those cute dresses without realizing that we can do all of those things. Now we just need to start to change our perspective and change the way that we think and talk to ourselves. I love it. I love it. And, and here on the podcast, it's such an easy thing to say, how the hell are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, awesome. Yeah. That brownie that I bit on this morning for breakfast. Yeah. That's still bad. All right. So how do we do this? How do we, I love that you said that we moralize the foods and that's moralize ourselves for eating them. So yeah. How how the hell, how the hell do we do it? (laughs) Right. So we start by labeling all food as good food. Like as just the foundation, there is no, there are no bad foods. So you are not bad when you eat certain foods. You are not good because you don't eat certain foods. And this is a trap that like I found myself even, you know, 
within the last year thinking like, oh, I did so good today. I didn't have any chocolate. I didn't have, right. And it's like, no, no, no. I like, I'm good. I'm a good person. Like no matter what, like I am not better or worse because I ate the chocolate and just, you know, catching myself in that and reminding myself, but then saying like all foods are good, which means that I can have all, I can plan and eat very consciously all the foods that I want. And when I can eat cake, every single day for the rest of my life, I no longer have to binge on it because I know I can eat it tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. It's not like, well, let me just hurry up and eat this piece in secret in the dark when nobody's looking and, you know, out straight out of the fridge or out of the pantry. Like I'm raising my hand too. Cause Get like I've been brain. there Get out of my brain. <laughs> hiding the wrappers in the garbage can. So yes. like your roommates or your partner or your spouse doesn't see them. Yeah. Been there, done that. Mm. And, you know, we don't have to moralize the food. And so when we can really start to see all food as good and I can plan and eat very consciously and awarely and intentionally enjoy this piece of cake. And then I can allow myself to still want more and to tell myself I can have more tomorrow. Like I can eat this again tomorrow. It's not, it's not as a big deal. And so we can really create so much food freedom when we allow ourselves and give ourselves access to all of these quote forbidden foods, because the, and, and studies and research have shown this too, like binging will decrease when you give yourself access to the quote forbidden foods. Like that's, mm. that's been you know, scientifically proven. So from a psychological standpoint, like this is how we need to start to think about food and weight loss when it comes to creating these long-term sustainable results that we all want without having to do a diet for the rest of our lives. Because that's oftentimes what people say. It's like, oh, you just make keto a lifestyle. So you, you just do keto forever and ever and ever. Like that's what they're telling you to do. And for some people it works. It does like that works for their body. It works for their mind. Like great, more power to you. Find what works for you though, which means maybe it's, you know, maybe you do lower carb meals or lower carb days. Maybe you are like, you know what? I need more carbs than like all of the shenanigans. Like this is how I feel good in my own body. That's really the key is different. Yes. Yeah. I know. Shocker. Right. (laughs) And yet we think that this one formula, this one magic meal plan, this one set of rules is what's going to help everyone Mm. lose weight. You know, some people do really well with like intermittent fasting. Some people do really well fasting for like an entire one or two days. I tried to fast for a full day. Didn't end up so well. Like I ended up overeating and I like gained weight. And then I went back to just eating, like consciously focused on eating when I was hungry and stopping at satisfied and trying mm. like not to mindlessly snack, not to procrastinate snack because I'm former queen of that. Hey, again, get out of my head. Right. <laughs> But just in the fact of like eating when we're hungry and stopping at satisfied really helps us to tune into where are we emotionally eating? Where am I eating to avoid feeling something or where am I eating to create a feeling that I want to feel instead? Mm. So talk about these cravings because this is, you know, this is a huge issue. You know, like I can mm-hmm. eat my veggies. I plan my meals. Isn't that great? And then in the in-between time, it all goes <laughs> all downhill. And then at the end of the day. So how do we how what do we start with? When we, when we identify, okay, cool. I'm, I'm I'm eating a lot of extra stuff that I don't need Mm -hmm. because I'm procrastinating or because Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm emotionally eating. How do we Mm -hmm. get rid of those cravings? 
Mm -hmm. So I define cravings and urges a little bit differently. So a craving is your body's physiological desire for food. So when I have, um, when I'm trying to cut carbs, for example, and I'm trying to eat like really low carb, I will often have cravings for sweets. So I want quick energy like sugary foods or high carb foods, because I'm trying to like fit into this other diet rule. Um, I might also have cravings for like high fat because my, if I'm trying to cut calories, my body is trying to just create this equilibrium. It's Mm. like, Oh shit, there's a famine. Like we need some food. And so it's going to send out right. right. Your siren, like your hunger alarm goes off and then it's the, it triggers different alarms for specific foods and it can be trigger your high fat cravings, Mm. but it's all based off of like you know, your exercise, sleep or lack thereof, um, what you're eating or not eating. So that's how I define a craving. So cravings, we can start to mitigate based off of creating a realistic plan that allows all the foods that you love without any kind of crazy restriction. Similarly, an urge is more of a, like an emotional desire for food. Mm -hmm. It's more, yeah, the mental game of like, oh, I'm really in the mood for this. This is more of the procrastinating, snacking. Uh, mm-hmm. And often it comes from a thought and a justification of I can keep taking a break if I'm eating or I can now I've warranted a break or I've earned this food or I deserve it. It's often triggered by a, there's a thought there that's triggering this desire for food. Sometimes it's simply a habit right? Like we're just in the habit of eating a you know, snack at like three or four in the afternoon, or we're in the habit of eating dessert every night. There could be little things like that. And for those pieces, like we just want to focus on meeting ourselves right where we're at right now and making 1% level ups. So I'm a big mm. fan of tiny habits mm. and really focusing on the 1% changes. That way your brain doesn't freak out. Like that's what we're going for is to really yeah. keep your habit brain in track and check. And so making those small, subtle shifts to where you are planning a snack every afternoon, you're planning dessert every night, and then you're going to say, okay, well, maybe this week, maybe I'm not going to do dessert one night. Maybe I'm, you know, going to change this, you know, chocolate eclair, and I'm going to swap that for, you know, something else. Maybe it's going to look like dark chocolate instead, right? You can still have something sweet. You can still Mm -hmm. figure out what works for you and what you want to do, but now we're just going to start leveling up Mm -hmm. and it, it's just a way to create a, right? we want to create a life that we love. And this shouldn't be like a, your, what you eat, your quote diet, like you shouldn't need a break from it. You shouldn't need relief and be seeking relief at the end of the week or the end right. of the month from it. Well, and that's the whole thing, right? As soon as we say, okay, I'm going to do keto strictly. And I just pick that whatever you pick, yeah. but I'm going to do that. And it, it's going to work and it's going to be amazing. But mm-hmm. the problem is when you hit your goal weight or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, thank God. And then yes. you start eating all the other things. And then <laughs> right. whoop, not only do you get the weight you lost, you find it again, but then yep. you find a little extra from somebody yep. else who changed yep. <laughs> their mindset around, uh, food. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So we have to be on the lookout for those excuses and justifications and permission giving thoughts to eat. So, mm. Some of this might look like, well, I paid a lot of money for those cupcakes, so somebody better eat them and that somebody's going to be me, right? Like we've got a lot of, you know, thoughts around money and, well, I can't waste the food. I can't throw it away. That would be wasteful. So I better eat it. Mm. And I always tell people, I'm like, well, you can waste it in the trash or you can waste it on your ass. Like Mm. that, that's optional. You get to pick. Where do you want to waste it? Because over consuming food for your body is still wasteful. But we often don't think about it that way, right? We think of like the monetary equivalent of like this 25 cents of buffalo chicken dip that I have left over, you know, because 
true story last year. I remember thinking to myself, oh, I don't want to waste it. I don't want to throw it out. It's not quite enough to save. And I'm like, what am I talking about? This is like a quarter's worth of food. Toss it. You are satisfied. Like, put it in the trash. It's not a big deal. But we have this, we are so hyper-focused as a society to be like super productive and to stay really busy and to be so disciplined, willpower, yes, aware. Yeah. And, and so it's, it, but like recognizing those, what are those excuses for you? What are those justifications? Maybe it is like, well, when I take a break, that's my snack time or it's my justification to take a break when really what you want is just to relax. Mm. Um, we've got to look and see, you know, what are you telling yourself in the moment as well as what are you telling yourself and how are you talking to yourself all day long? And this goes back to the confidence piece because it Mm -hmm. starts at 8 a.m. It starts the first moment your eyes like open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting as you talk about this, I'm hearing this not just with food, but with exercise, with money, Mm -hmm. with getting Mm -hmm. your work done, with your productivity and, and shifting your thinking around all of those things, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, oh, I'm, I'm super productive today. And I'm, I was so busy and that's so good. It's this hustle porn that we have that we're talking about. And so this really sounds (laughs) like not just an eating thing, but a a life thing. I mean, that it could translate into so many different areas of your life. Willpower, willpower. (laughs) I heard on your website, I read on your website, it's not about willpower. Well, then how the heck do we do it? Right. So if you are relying on willpower, you're, mm. it's never going to be a long-term sustainable thing for you because you'll always be white knuckling and gritting your teeth because you're trying to eat what you think you should be eating, mm. right? It's all it goes stuff, back to right? the shoulds, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, if I want to lose weight, I should be eating the salad and grilled chicken and I should not be eating the pasta or the pizza or the burgers or the fries. I'm going to tell you right now, I lost all the baby weight eating burgers and French fries. I've had pizza, you know, like I'm not a huge pizza person. I'm more of like a burger and fry type of girl, quite honestly, but I drink wine. I eat ice cream. Like I love my protein bars and they're basically just candy bars. Like, let's be real. (laughs) I love my dark chocolate, you know, like, and Mm -hmm. I can lose all of the weight and, and not, not need to stress over that. And I don't need to have willpower because I'm planning it and eating it consciously instead of behind my own back, instead of, you know, trying to secretly do it or eat it really fast. So it doesn't count or, you know, things like that, all the things that we tell ourselves, because there's so much shame again, going back to food being good or bad. Mm. So when we don't need willpower, when we're not trying to restrict and deprive and, and again, it goes back to the way that we're thinking about it, the way that we think about food and meals and, you know, like it's free, somebody else is paying for it. Everyone else is eating, everyone else is drinking. You know, we really just want to start to tune into that or like, I'm going to be missing out if I don't go and participate. So like, that's what we want to start to catch on to and be aware of, like it has fuck all to do with willpower mm. and it has everything to do with what are you thinking and telling yourself. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you created as a result of all of this, the body you crave method Mm -hmm. and the body you crave Academy, which is a six month coaching program. Mm -hmm. So how do you work with people as they're going through this process to, to shift their thinking from that shame and blame, guilt, bad, (laughs) should Mm -hmm. kind of thing to this sort of new way of, of thinking about it and of planning. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah. So we start in the academy and I lay out the basics for what weight loss really requires and what it doesn't. So I teach everyone, like, we're going to make a plan so you can make your plans weekly or daily, but like every day you should have a clear plan of like, here's what I, what I want to eat. And it could be as simple as lunch is going to have a carb, fat, protein, and a veggie. You know, it could be as like, it can be very broad. You can give yourself options, but we really want to start to show up for ourselves, make commitments and follow through with them. And this also shows us where the emotional eating is coming into place. So when I plan that salad and salmon at the end of the night, and I really feel like reaching for the pizza instead, this shows me, or it just gives me an opportunity now to dig in and see where I have, where I can do some work. Right. Um, I teach them how to eat when they're hungry and stop when they're satisfied. So that's, that's, it's simple, but it won't always feel easy again, because of all of our excuses and justifications to eat Mm. things like water and sleep. These are your secret fat burners. They are so underrated and yet so incredibly powerful. And then, excuse me while I take a drink of my water, right? Shug that water. (laughs) Get it girl. So, you know, and then movement, right? We don't have to do a 60 minute hit workout. We don't have to, you know, go for a Peloton ride. Like you just move your body in a way that feels good to you. And that again, doesn't feel like punishment. Mm. So we, I start by just laying the foundation of like, here's the basics. And now your brain's gonna have a lot of thoughts about how this isn't good enough, about how you really should be doing more, about how so-and-so said you should do this way and how Becky from 10th grade lost 30 pounds doing keto and maybe you should do that too. And right, your brain is gonna spit up a lot of thoughts and create a lot of mind drama for you. And that's where the coaching comes into play because we wanna address that. We wanna talk to that. We wanna have rebuttals. Every time your brain is like, you Mm. deserve it, girl. You worked out really hard today. You need to tell yourself, I deserve to like follow my plan. I deserve to eat healthy and to treat my body, you know, the way I I planned to this morning, like this is what I really deserve. And it's, it's about creating that, that better relationship with yourself instead Mm -hmm. of just trying to push it away and pretend like it doesn't exist, actually allowing some of that conversation. And then also knowing when to turn it off and when Mm -hmm. to say, Nope, I decided no dessert tonight, like end of story. And we stop wavering. We stop going back and forth and trying to debate, well, should I have it? Should I not? I bet I could do just a little bit, maybe just a few bites. And we create this unnecessary suffering. So Mm. a lot of it is one-on-one work that's really tailored to the client. That way they're working on what they need most. And sometimes it looks like a relationship. Sometimes it looks like their job or their career. Sometimes it is very specifically around food and body image. Um, and it, because how we do one thing is how we do everything. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying earlier, like it just, it flows into every area of life. There's that ripple effect. And so it's all about setting the foundation and then just watching your brain freak out and like learning how to assess, yeah. learning how to overeat and not feel all the shame and guilt about it and learning how to assess and like figure out what really was going on. Um, you know, why did you eat? A lot of times we ask why from this like whiny baby place of like, mm. why did I do that? I can't mm. believe it. I'm so stupid. I know better that sort of thing. Or we could ask why from like a detective standpoint of, huh, like, I wonder why that happened and really getting Mm. curious and having some compassion, um, Mm. changing the way we see the scale. So many of us let our emotions be dictated by the number on the scale rather than deciding how you want to feel about yourself ahead of time and just getting really honest about how did you show up for yourself this week? Like, don't expect it to go down if you keep overeating. Like Mm -hmm. there's other things to focus on. You don't need to go and do keto or 75 hard or the whole 30. Like you need to figure out why you keep overeating at dinner. Mm -hmm. Like that's the key. That's going to be your area of growth and opportunity. And I have to remind myself of that too, because I'll see 
pictures in my newsfeed where it's like, oh, I did this and I lost 10 pounds. And I'm like, Ooh, well, I only have five pounds left to lose. I bet if I did that too, Mm -hmm. I could lose the weight. And then it's like, oh, whoa, whoa. Like maybe you should just stop overeating at lunch. Maybe you should just stop that procrastinating snacking you've been doing. Maybe we focus on these simple steps before we try and make it harder on ourselves. Right. Because again, that, that thing may work. You may lose that five. Mm -hmm. And once you're done with that, you know, you haven't shifted your mindset. You still got the shame and the blame and the guilt. You still got all the yes. bad stuff. Yeah. All right. So I love this. I love it. So I want to shift gears a little bit here because as a coach and as somebody who's hopefully having significant influence on the people, on your clients, mm-hmm. how do you build that relationship? How do you build that trust? How do you build that connection so that, and again, I'm going into sort of more mm-hmm. sort of your building, not how to you know, lose weight and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but how you run your business and how you build that trust with the clients. So, because there's so much junk around food in mm-hmm. our minds and in our emotions. And it's really easy for me to be like, all right, I liked Jillian at first, but I don't like what she's saying. I'm getting out of here. I don't do this stupid program anymore. I'm going to go eat cake and feel bad about it. Blech. So how do you build yeah. that connection? Um, because it's a, it's a loaded relationship. It is. It is. And so I, there are a few things. Number one, like I will never ask a client to do something that I have not yet done. So that's part of why I was experimenting with the fasting, because I'm never going to tell somebody to do a whole day fast or to do a 24 hour fast. If I have not yet done that myself and know exactly what it feels like and what comes up and any drama and like physical feelings and all the things. Right. So I make sure that what I am preaching, I'm also practicing on a daily basis. And it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It means that this is what I, what I'm striving for. And these are the areas where I'm continuing to improve and get better and better every day. Mm. So there's that piece. I'm also open and honest about my own challenges. Um, I just recorded a podcast yesterday, actually, about how I overate two weekends ago. Like, and it was because this thought of like, oh, but my friends are in town and I don't want to miss out. And it's like, okay, I could have gone and like sat while everybody ate chips and salsa and dip and had Mexican food at like 10 p.m. and just been fine. But I gave myself that subconscious permission to just just have a little, a little won't hurt, you know, and it's just being aware. And so I walked them through, like, here's what was going on. Here's what I figured out afterwards. Here's how we actually start to assess and get curious. And so for me, it's about opening up and being honest of like, hey, you don't need to put me on a pedestal. Like I figured a lot of these pieces out, but I still overeat sometimes. I still emotionally eat. Yeah, sure. You know, and, but I know how to handle it so much better now. And when it comes up, it's no longer like, oh, I'm overeating every single day. It's like, oh, like I'm overeating once every two or three months. Like it's more sporadic, Mm -hmm. but it's also not something that I feel shame and guilt around. And so part of that has just been, you know, being open and honest with, with clients about that too. Um, and, and having that compassion, some of it's sharing my own past and my own struggles with where I was previously and just explaining like, Hey, this is where you are now. I was exactly there. Let me, let me tell you what happened for me. And let me tell you how I focused, how I was able to, um, create that self-belief because believing that you can lose the weight in a way maybe you haven't done it before or lose the weight and keep it off that can feel like a really hard thing to do to believe something new because we have got we want to believe it but we also have all of this quote evidence and past history around how we haven't done it before Mm -hmm. and so it's just helping them to really understand and see their brain to see their thoughts and to to help them see the reality of their situation 
And I've also recognized that like, I'm willing to risk the relationship and tell you what I see as a coach and as an expert in this area and have you not like me. And you know what? You get to have your thoughts about me. You get to have your feelings. I can't control that. And mm-hmm. so while I want you to like me, I'm also not willing to sacrifice your happiness Honestly. and your growth and your mm-hmm. potential just to make myself feel better. And that that can be challenging sometimes. And yeah. I'm sure some of your listeners can identify with that as a leader, as a manager. It can be you want your employees and your team to like you or to yeah. admire you and respect you. And it can feel hard sometimes to find that balance and not wanting to piss anyone off or make them mad or not come off like a bitch and all the mm-hmm. things. So mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit, I would say, of all of those things. All right. Yeah. And, it, and it's not easy, you know, as we, we have to sometimes be honest and that's mm-hmm. a very, very important thing. Um, and that sort of that integrity to say, Hey, I know this is not the comfortable thing, but mm-hmm. here's what I'm seeing. Here's mm-hmm. my, here's what I'm experiencing with this. Well, I love it. Well, you've got a, I was, you've got a fantastic program called conquer your cravings. That's only $37. So if somebody wanted to kind of get yes. a little dip their toe in and check it out. In fact, I almost signed up another, I'm like, well, let me talk to her first. And then I'm like, <laughs> It's only 37 bucks. So I was like, all right. So bodyyoucrave.com is your website. Um, There's also an opportunity to click on uh, scheduling a breakthrough call with you to, um, to, to check out to talk to you about just to really figure out like what's going on, right? Like I, this is a chance for you to, to get a, a safe place where you can share your honest hopes and dreams and desires that maybe you don't feel safe sharing with other people mm-hmm. and where you're not going to be ridiculed or talked down to or scoffed at. Cause we've all had people in our life that have been kind of demeaning, but where we can plant that, that seed for that big vision and then work our way back and really create a plan of like, how do you actually get there? And you'll have me on your side to help you identify what are the blocks? What are the true blocks? Because what you might think is a block and what's keeping you is actually not the issue whatsoever. So these calls are so incredibly powerful because it helps you to see things from a different frame and a different mm-hmm. lens. I love that. And on a very, very early episode of when this podcast was called Igniting Courage, somebody mm-hmm. had said, you can't read the jar from the inside. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, what the yes. hell does that mean? But it's totally true. Like oftentimes we're in a situation and we can't tell what's going on from the inside. Like it takes an external perspective and it also takes some courage to be able to accept that external perspective because that's not what we want to hear. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Well, this is awesome. Jillian, anything else you'd like people to know or any other fun facts about you that would be a fun, (laughs) fun send off. Oh, there's, uh, there's plenty of fun facts. You've got an eight month old too, little cutie too. Yes. And I would, I would show him to you, but he's, you know, he's playing with his babysitter. And I've learned that once he goes to the sitter, I cannot make an appearance whatsoever. Like I have to stay away. I like, you know, like drape me in a curtain or something because he cannot see me. Otherwise he will lose it. Um, but, uh, yes. So my, my biggest recommendation is stop trying to be perfect trying, striving for perfection only leads to never feeling good enough because perfection is just a fantasy. Um, and if you are someone who was like where I used to be, where I really struggled to be perfect because my accomplishments were how I derived a lot of my worth and value and meaning, mm-hmm. then I would love for you to go listen to busting perfectionist fantasies on my podcast called uh-huh. body you crave. 
keeping it super simple for y'all so you can search in your favorite podcast player search for body you crave and episode number four i believe is all about perfectionist fantasies and this is so helpful and so implementable in your personal life with relationships with your career in so many different areas and i it's just such a profound I think concept that I have learned and really like refined that I think can be so powerful and so freeing. Mm, love it. All right, cool. Episode four. I will put that link and the link to your website and the podcast and all that stuff in the show notes. Jillian, thank you so much. It's been a awesome. blast. Thank you so much, you. Anne. This was so fun. Jillian Lama, thank you so much for your time. What fun. And what a great perspective on weight loss as we try to figure out how do we build our own confidence and how do we you know, shifting our mindset around the things that we're doing is so important. So I love her perspective on this. And I love the way she brings you to that point where food's not bad, I'm not bad, I'm okay, you're okay, let's lose some weight. Um, and I think that would translate into so many awesome places in your life. So check the show notes for her website, her podcast, the free uh, workshop, also the Conquer Your Cravings workshop, which I'm working my way through right now as well. And uh, go out there, build that confidence, build that positive self-talk so you can show up for the people around you in a way that's going to inspire them to do better. And if you want a weekly boost of energy from me in your inbox, I'll put the link to join my email list in the show notes as well. I would love to see you there. Start that conversation around what you can do to be stronger in your life.